0: Thank you so much for that introduction, Dev. So like you said, uh, today we'll be going through Hyogen, OmicSoft and Ingenuity Pathway Analysis Software with the purpose of having a deeper look at um, potential targets for drugs and also picking out some cell lines to use in our experimentation. So first and foremost, uh, to keep the lawyers happy, we have our legal disclaimer, the Chiogen products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications. These products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention or treatment of a disease. Now we'd love to keep these webinars interactive. So if you could please fill out those polls that will be appearing throughout the meeting, it really helps us tailor this and future content to make sure that we're getting at what you guys wanna hear. Um, also, we have a Q&A box at the bottom of your screen, so if you have any questions that arise while I'm presenting, please feel free to submit those questions to the Q&A box. We have some folks on the line that will be answering those questions as they roll in, and I'll also take a, a few live Q&A breaks throughout the session. And then finally, um, I will also be asking some questions momentarily uh, from time to time throughout the presentation. And I'll ask for your feedback using the uh, raise hand button at the bottom of your screen. So to make sure that that is working and we are ready to go, if you guys could please click on that raise hand button so I can make sure that I'm able to see it. Fabulous, thank you guys so much for clicking that raise hand button uh, located at the bottom of your screen. So we have a pretty deep agenda for today, but primarily what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using OmicSoft and IPA to guide uh, target exploration in cell line selection. So we'll use OmicSoft to have a look at our targets of interest. We'll look at things like gene expression, uh, mutation data, look for hotspots, and then um, we will go and explore cell line data where we can look at things like gene dependency data and that will uh, help us better inform which cell lines to choose for our studies. We will also spend some time in ingenuity pathway analysis software, where we'll go and create a network from scratch, and then we can test out some hypotheses, uh, perhaps in silico, to really get a deeper understanding of um, things like mechanism of action. And then finally, we can use Omicssoft, once again, to explore drug response data in cell lines as well as um, look at other public data that might share similar biology with the target network of our interest. Now for today's use case uh, to guide us through, we are going to be focusing on looking at EGFR as our target. So we're gonna explore all sorts of different omics data uh, within OmicSoft um, analysis. We'll also have a look and see what types of cell lines are available for us to use, as a model to um, greater understand what EGFR is doing with um, different treatments, or just choose things like uh, controls. We will also spend some time looking at drug treatment data to see how these different molecules might be affecting our uh, EGFR expression. So to do this, we'll be using both Ingenuity Pathway Analysis software, as well as OmicSoft Lands data. We'll be visiting three uh, individual lands within OmicsOps. So the first one will be TCGA. This is a cancer genome Atlas, And this is where we'll just look at EGFR expression across different cancer types to have a better understanding of our target. We'll then move on to CCLE. So this is the Cancer Cell Line Encyclopedia. It has a wealth of different cancer cell lines as well as various Omics data. So we can look at that and choose to uh, which cell lines we want to use in our experiments at the bench. Then finally, we will also end up in our linked database. So this is a library of integrated network-based cellular signatures. This contains lots of transcriptional data from cultured human cell lines that have been treated with different genetic perturbations So different uh, chemicals and treatments and what have you. So this is a great way to understand how different treatments might affect EGFR expression. So today we'll be generating lots of different views in both of these softwares. So I just wanted to take a uh, quick tour through some of the views that we'll be generating. So first things first, we'll be looking at our EGFR expression across all of the different uh, diseases that are present in the Cancer Genome Atlas. So here we're looking at the gene expression of EGFR across all those cancer types. And we will notice that our lung cancers tend to have a little bit higher gene expression for EGFR. We can then take that type of information and ask the question, does high EGFR expression correlate with some sort of poor or uh, better survival? So um, we will be able to generate these survival plots well, we can see that there is a marked difference between our upregulated uh, EGFR expression versus our downregulated or no change uh, EGFR expression, especially in lung adenocarcinoma patients. There is a uh, definite poor survival when patients have that upregulated EGFR. The uh, difference is a little less noticeable over here in lung uh, squamous cell carcinoma, but regardless, it is there. We'll then explore some of the other omics data present in uh, TCGA for EGFR. So we'll look and see um, if there are frequent mutations within some of our indications. So you can see here, lung uh, adenocarcinoma and lung squamous cell carcinoma here. There are lots of different uh, mutations that are present with um, prevalent ones being non-synonymous mutations as well as insertion deletions, especially in lung um, adenocarcinoma. So we can have this kind of grand overall view of all of the different mutation types. And then we can really drill down and figure out, okay, what are the different mutations that are present in some of these uh, cancer types? So you can see here along the y-axis, we have a whole smattering of different mutations and um, also colored by their different annotation types. So for instance, we'll see that we have a high prevalence of this L858R mutation in UGFR, which also happens to be one of the most common mutations that we see in lung cancer. We'll then switch gears a little bit and travel over into our cell line encyclopedia data. we can look at all of the different uh, cell lines that are present for different lung cancer uh, indications here. And we can have a look at the EGFR expression levels for these different uh, cell lines to be able to pick out maybe a small cell carcinoma, cell lines that have low EGFR expression versus high EGFR expression. And same thing with adenocarcinoma, we can look at the low EGFR expression uh, cell lines versus the high. We'll then spend some time having a look at some gene dependency data. So this data is very cool where it will tell us whether or not a gene is more essential for cell line survival versus less essential for cell line survival. So we'll specifically be looking at EGFR and trying to figure out what cell lines do we see uh, EGFR to be more essential for cell line survival versus some cell lines that have it as a, a less essential gene there. We'll then delve into the LINCS database. We will have a look at a few different cell lines here. So these are lung cancer cell lines and we'll hone in on to different treatment types. For our case today, we will be looking at uh, receptor tyrosine kinase inhibitors, which uh, are targeting EGFR. And we'll look to see how these different treatments are affecting these cell lines at different dosages and different time points. So this can give us a great indication uh, for maybe signatures of response to see um, what our personal data is doing um, in terms of response. We'll also spend some time in IPA where we'll construct a network from scratch that will be connecting EGFR to our desired uh, downstream outcome of lung adenocarcinoma, And in the process, we'll also flesh out this network map and find all of our intermediate molecules that EGFR affects lung adenocarcinoma through. With this network built, we'll also be able to enable some in silico hypothesis testing. So we'll be able to say, hey, what happens when we have increased EGFR expression to the rest of our network that we have created here? And ultimately, ultimately, what type of effect does it have on lung adenocarcinoma? And then of course we can do the inverse and say, what if we in- introduce a uh, treatment that inhibits EGFR. What does that do to the rest of the players in this network? And ultimately, how does it affect lung adenocarcinoma? So you can see here, if we include an inhibitor in our uh, disease model, it tends to uh, decrease or predict um, inhibition of the rest of the molecules in this network, which then in turn decreases or inhibits this lung adenocarcinoma. We can then ask the question, where do we see similar biology for our custom uh, EGFR lung adenocarcinoma network? So we can see on the right-hand side of the screen here, different uh, data sets. So each one of these little dots that we have on uh, on this plot here indicates a different data set which one of these match this uh, EGFR uh, activated type network, which then in turn has increased lung adenocarcinoma. So all of these data sets that are over here on the right will be matching that increased EGFR network. Whereas the um, opposite effect, so when we have a network where EGFR is uh, lowly expressed, it tends to lead to uh, an inhibition of lung adenocarcinoma So all of these individual dots will represent data sets where that is um, matching this EGFR decreased uh, expression level here. So this can be really interesting to look for new indications that are sharing uh, similar biology with your target um, of, of choice. And then also we can pick out maybe different treatments that we can introduce into our system, perhaps in combination therapies even, to um, elicit this effect on on our lung adenocarcinoma. So with that, I am going to be launching a poll to ask the question, are these illustrations, um, what you guys are looking to generate today? Are there anything, um, anything else that you would like to see generated? So if you could participate in that poll, it would be uh, wonderful just so we have a good idea of um, what content to include in future trainings as well as this one. So to get on with things today, we are going to uh, spend some time in OmicSoft Lands. So OmicSoft Lands is a repository that is comprised of over 650,000 disease relevant samples. So we have bucketed these samples into really three uh, different buckets. So we'll be spending most of our time today in Onco land. So this is all of our um, oncology related uh, samples that are in this uh, particular land versus we also have a disease land. So this is all of our non-oncological samples that are bucketed into this land. And then of course, we do also have a single cell land, which is a smattering of a bunch of different diseases, but it's all of our single cell data that is present in uh, OmicSoft Lands here. So the thing that makes OmicSoft Lands special is that we have gone through the painstaking process of first of all, going out and finding data. So we're combing through things like TCGA, GEO, SRA, We're looking at different consortia and we're taking customer requests on what to include in our OmicSoft lands. Once we come across some interesting data, it goes through two routes. So the first route is going to be through metadata curation. So we're going and we're looking at this this, uh, metadata through a few different eyes and we're taking all of the key takeaways and findings and boiling them down into controlled vocabulary. We are also re QCing all of the metadata to correct any errors that we might come across, which um, we tend to come across a lot of errors. It's about 10% errors in um, metadata that we come across that we have to either correct or reach out to the authors for some sort of correction. So while we're doing that metadata curation, we are also reprocessing the raw data. So we're renormalizing it and we're running more sample QC to harmonize all of these samples across these lands. So when you're looking at RNA sequencing data from different say experiments, they all have been run through similar pipelines. So we're able to do a uh, more apples to apples comparison. Now, when those two things have finished, we then hand the uh, data package over to our uh, data scientists that will go through and develop some statistical modeling and generate some comparisons to have pre run and ready for you guys to use and deposit it into our lands database. So you can imagine how much time and effort this saves um, you folks from having to do all of that heavy lifting and you can get right into the science of your targets and all of your um, samples and cell lines here. Now you don't have to just take our word for it. Omicsoft as well as IPA has been widely used in a whole myriad of different scientific applications. So I just grabbed a couple snippets of um, a few cases where they used both Omicsoft as well as IPA in their, um, in their publications here. Now with that, I am gonna pop over into Omicsoft and get, the, uh, get our journey started here. So the very first thing that we're going to be doing is we're going to explore our target, which is EGFR within uh, the Cancer Genome Atlas. So the very first thing that we're going to want to do is we are going to want to visit our land tab at the very top of the screen here that will bring us into our OmicSoft lands data, and then we'll visit our select land bucket uh, button. This button will then show you all of the different lands that we have available in OmicSoft might look a little bit different depending on what version or what institution that you're um, joining into OmicSoft from, but generally this is what it looks like. So our very first land that we're going to be visiting is going to be this TCGA B38 GC33. Just a um, little helpful hint here that B38 is uh, referring to the genome build. And the GC33 is referring to the annotation file that has been used for this um, particular uh, database. So once again, we're going to the land tab, we're selecting our land, and we are going to TCGA B38 GC33. Now, when that loads, we are presented with this view in the middle here. So this middle pane will always show us our data view. So whether it's a bar chart or a scatter plot or our survival curve, Right now, we're just looking to see how many different samples we have across tumor types. Now, over here on the left-hand side of the screen, you'll notice that there are a bunch of different filters. So we can uh, slice and dice this data that we see in that middle pane, maybe to target just lung cancers or other different uh, metadata characteristics that we would like to uh, view. Also on the right-hand side over here, We have our legend to help us figure out what all of these colors mean in our view, but we also have this task tab. So this task tab will allow us to manipulate what we see in this middle pane here. So maybe we want to uh, resort how we have this data presented to us or maybe label the axes um, with different uh, labels here. So we'll be able to do that through that task tab. Now, now that we have an overview of uh, all of the different things that we'll be visiting in Omicsoft, the very first thing that we're gonna be doing is we're gonna use the search box at the very top here. And we're gonna go find our gene of interest, which is that EGFR. So we're just gonna very simply type EGFR into this uh, search box, FR. And you'll see that you'll get a bunch of things that pop up over here, and you can choose the one that is most applicable to you. So here what is happening is, uh, we're fetching all of the different omics data that we have for uh, EGFR within our TCGA B38, GC33 uh, land. The very first view that we land on is going to be the percent of altered samples for EGFR that we have present across all of the different tumor types in TCGA. So that isn't necessarily what we wanna look at first. So we wanna go and find the gene expression for EGFR. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna visit this select view tab to change from this altered samples view over to our gene expression view. So again, clicking on select view, we're gonna scroll down to the already quantification area where we can then expand that to see multiple different views under this header. And the first one that we're gonna choose is this gene FPKM. So again, under select view, we're gonna scroll down to our RNAC quantification and select that gene FPKM. So you'll notice here that we have this um, expression plot where we're looking at gene expression on our X axis. So the higher up it goes, the more expressed this gene is. And then all along the Y axis, we have all of our different tumor types that are present in TCGA. So we want to really hone in onto our uh, lung cancer indications. So you can either navigate and have a look at the acronyms that stand for lung squamous cell or uh, lung adenoparcinoma. If you can't remember what any of those acronyms mean, we can actually change over these labels over here on the y-axis to be a little bit more meaningful. So we're going to do that by navigating over to our task tab. When we're in that task tab, the first thing that we're going to go to is our specify profile columns. This is where we can change those acronyms over to something a little bit more meaningful. So I'm going to click on that specify profile columns. I'm going to expand out this metadata fields here by clicking on this little plus sign, which will give us a whole myriad of different things to choose. So right now we are using tumor type as our label. So we're gonna actually select that and kick it out of that listed columns box that we have on the right. And we're gonna go and choose something that's a little bit more um, descriptive. So in this case, this disease TCGA tends to have the full description of the tumor type. So we'll just select that and we'll use our arrow over button to populate it into our listed columns. So once we have that done, we'll click on that OK button. So once again, that was underneath that metadata field where you can choose any of these metadata uh, fields to display on that y-axis. And then we're gonna click on OK. And you'll notice now this is a lot more meaningful. So now we don't have to decipher those acronyms. And we can see that we have our lung squamous cell carcinoma as well as our lung adenocarcinoma here. And you can notice that both of these tend to have a little bit higher EGFR expression when compared to all of the other um, cancer types that we have in TCGA. So now that we have gotten a good grasp on what our expression looks like for uh, EGFR amongst these lung cancer um, samples, let's go and have a look at the mutation data that is present for these samples as well. So, we're going to go over to our select view uh, button once again, and we're going to switch our view over from our RNA sequencing view over to our DNA sequencing uh, area right here. So, expand out that DNA sequencing uh, drop down by clicking on those arrows. And the very first one that we're going to choose to open up is the somatic mutation distribution view. So we're going to, once again, go to select view, DNA sequencing, and that's gonna be our somatic mutation uh, distribution view. So what this is gonna show us is what percentage of mutated samples do we have in TCGA for all of these uh, different uh, cancer types for EGFR? Remember, we are um, just looking at EGFR here. And you'll notice that in the legend over here, we get a quick synopsis of what types of uh, mutations these are. So whether they're um, in-frame or splice sites or um, introducing a stop codon, all of these colors pertain to that uh, type of mutation here. So we are once again, looking at everything across TCGA So we would like to filter just to our um, lung cancer samples here to have a better look at those. So we're going to employ the use of some of our filters over here on the left-hand side, namely the filters that exist under our metadata tab. So we're going to go ahead and open up those filters by clicking on that little plus sign. So here you'll see a whole bunch of different uh, metadata fields that we can use to hone in on uh, different cancer types. So once again, we are gonna use that disease TCGA metadata filter right here, since that that tends to have those full names instead of the um, acronyms here. And we can either choose to select and open up all of the different diseases, or a uh, faster way of doing this is by clicking on the little filter icon that's next to disease TCGA. This will open up a pop-up where we can just very simply type in lung into our filter field at the top here. And this will quickly hone in onto the different lung cancer uh, types that we have in TCGA. Where I'll go and select both of these holding down my control button, and then I'll click on my OK button. So this will apply the filters to our data where we're only looking at now lung cancer samples, specifically lung adenocarcinoma and lung squamous cell carcinoma over here. Now that we've narrowed into these two different indication types. Remember, if you want to see that full name, you can switch over to that task tab and uh, choose that metadata in that specify sort, uh, specified profile columns if you so choose. But now that we have that idea of what's going on in uh, the mutation sense for our lung cancers, let's have a deeper look at the different mutations that might be present in uh, these two different cancer types. So once again, we're gonna visit our Select View button. Here, we're gonna scroll down to once again, our DNA sequencing area of our dropdown. And now we're gonna switch over to that somatic mutation landscape choice. So when we select view, go to down to DNA seek and then somatic mutation landscape, we'll now get a list of all of the different uh, mutations that are prevalent in these two different cancer types. So just really notable here, you'll see at the very top of the list, we have this uh, L858R, This is one of the most common mutations that we see for EGFR in lung cancer. So this all checks out really nicely here. So this gives us a really good idea of not only what the different mutations are, but what type of mutation that might be here. So you'll see that this is a non-synonymous mutation that we'll view over here, and you can always expand this out to get that full um, breadth of the um, name here. So now that we have a good grasp on expression and mutation data, um, I wanna ask you guys here, who would be interested in perhaps generating survival curves based on these omics data readouts? So if you guys are interested in generating these survival curves, please feel free to use that button at the bottom and raise your hand. Let me know if that's something that you would like to see. Excellent. Looks like a few of you definitely want to have a look at that. So let's go over into that uh, view now. So since we're uh, honed in on EGFR, what we're going to do is select our view once again um, using our little button at the top here. And we're going to navigate down to our RNA sequencing quantification area. So the survival curve that I'll show you guys how to plot today is going to be based on whether or not patients have high EGFR expression, low EGFR expression, or they just have no change in EGFR expression. So within our RNA-Seq Quantification area, you'll notice at the very bottom here, we have our RNA-Seq Survival View. So when we click that, so once again, through Select View, down to RNA-Seq Quantification, and then to RNA-Seq Survival View, You'll be presented with this uh, survival curve. So this survival curve is showing us our um, different states of EGFR expression. So the purple is going to be our upregulated EGFR, blue is our downregulated EGFR, and green is going to be our no change EF- EGFR. Now this survival plot is uh, the combination of both types of those lung cancers, so that squamous cell and the adenocarcinoma. So let's parse this out so we can see both of those cancer types and their survival curves kind of separated from each other and see if there's any difference that we can uh, notice there. So once again, since we're gonna be manipulating what we see in that middle pane, we're gonna go over to that task tab. And here, what we're gonna do is we're gonna split off uh, lung adenocarcinoma from squamous cell carcinoma by using our trellis by covariate uh, option here. So underneath our task tab, you'll notice in trellis, you'll have this trellis by covariate. I'm gonna give that a click. So what we're gonna do here is we can trellis by different metadata fields. And in our case, we are interested in separating out adenocarcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma. So I'm gonna choose my tumor type to trellis by, I'm gonna hit my little arrow over button, which then pops it over into this listed columns over here. Once I'm satisfied, I'll go ahead and click on that OK button. So now you'll notice that it looks a little bit different. So you'll see that the very first one that we're looking at is going to be our lung adenocarcinoma uh, expression for EGFR split out into our high, low, and no change. And you'll see that there's a marked difference in our upregulated patients versus our downregulated or no uh, change patients for lung adenocarcinoma. Now, if we scroll down on this little bar over here, we'll see the other survival curve. So this is for our long uh, squamous cell carcinoma, again, looking at EGFR. So the difference here is really not huge, but you do see a little bit of a difference here for our patients that have upregulated EGFR versus our no change or, um, or downregulated EGFR. Now, if you wanted to view both of these charts and kind of a one stop shop view. One of the helpful things that you can visit here is this little handy drop down. So we are looking at one visualization right now, but if we change this drop down, we can flip over to maybe look at uh, two side by side, or we can flip over to the two by one view where we see them kind of on top of each other. So this is really handy to just be able to see everything kind of in one fell swoop here. Now we have covered a lot so far. So just to kind of recap what we've done here. We first uh, visited our TCGA land here where we went and visited a few different views. So we first searched for EGFR using our search box at the top. We visited our select View tab where first we started off and looked at our gene FPKM across all of our samples in TCGA. We then visited our somatic mutation distribution to have a bird's eye view of what type of mutations are out there for EGFR within our lung cancer samples. And then we honed in and had a look at a uh, kind of more, more fine tuned level and how to look at the different mutations that are present um, within EGFR. We then took a side journey and plotted our survival of our patients based on RNA sequencing data. And saw that, especially in lung adenocarcinoma, when EGFR is upregulated, we tend to have poor survival versus uh, downregulated or no change. Now, with that, since we have covered a lot together already, I would love to pause for a and A break to see if there are any questions that have popped up while
1: I've been presenting. Thank you, Christian. So I'm gonna go ahead and just um, launch a speed. Well, just let us know how um, Christian is doing. Whether you Want us to slow down, go fast, but the pace is fine. And then for those of you that uh, joined a little late, I am gonna post today's uh, slides in the chat box so you guys can take a look at what we're covering um, today as well. And so um, in terms of uh, questions, a question came up, uh, does it have survival curve based on protein expression? Not at this
0: time. However, we are incorporating uh, protein expression levels um, throughout a bunch of our different lands. So definitely keep an eye to our updates. Um, We might be including that in the future.
1: Uh, Thanks. And so another question that came up is, can you plot this survival curve based on mutations?
0: Absolutely. So that takes a couple more steps. So if you were interested in looking at survival curves of say, you know, EGFR and saying, um, do you have you know, your mutant versus wild type? Are there any differences between this? Absolutely, it's something that we routinely do. So the first thing that we would do is we would group our patients and just create subsets of uh, samples and say, here's our mutant, here's our wild type, and then very easily plot those survival curves for those two different um, mutation categories. So. Reach out to us if that's something that you want to do. I'm more than happy to show you how to do it in Omicsoft.
1: Thanks. And so um, here you're looking at a single mutation, a single gene. But is there a way that you can search for multiple genes at one time?
0: Absolutely. So we just searched using that little search box at the top here um, for EGFR. But if you have a whole list of different genes, we're going to go ahead and click on that advanced tab. Where you can see that we have the option to search for multiple genes. So here you can just very simply paste in your gene list and hit the OK button and that will query across a whole myriad
1: of different genes that you want to survey. Great. Right. And so another question, um, is there a way that you can export these graphs? Absolutely,
0: yeah. So um, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can export um, at the very top here. So if you wanted to say export the uh, images for a PowerPoint or just to include in something, we have those options here. We also have the option to export the data at the bottom here at the um, for this Excel uh, export here. So there's all sorts of different options um, for exporting, definitely.
1: Thanks. And so, uh, because you do need to cover um, still more topics, just one last question. Uh, Where can we find the different types of samples that are located in the land?
0: Absolutely, yeah. So, like I showed you guys in the select land, there's a whole bunch of different lands that you guys can um, have a look at. And if you're interested in seeing exactly what is contained in each land, definitely advise you to go to the help uh, menu at the top here. we go to the help menu, you'll see that we have these release white papers for oncoland, disease land, genetics land, single cell land. These will give you all of the nitty-gritty on what samples are included, what they're all about, and the types of data that are included in each individual land.
1: Thanks. And so um, just to conserve time, we're going to go ahead and uh, continue on, but uh, based on the Survey, it looks like the, the pace is fine. Um, so again, you guys have any questions, please utilize the Q&A box um, at the bottom of your screen and we'll um, help you as uh, Kristen goes along. That's you, Kristen. Thank you so much, Araceli. So um, I
0: am actually gonna switch gears a little bit. So we've been playing in um, OmicSoft for a little bit here. So I'm gonna actually switch gears and introduce you guys into uh, ingenuity pathway analysis. So what IPA is, is it's a causal analytics tool that's powered by our archiagen knowledge base. So we've been looking at OmicSoft data where OmicSoft is a collection of different sample data with um, extremely uh, in-depth curation of those samples. Whereas the knowledge base is in-depth curation of the relationship information behind all of these genes and proteins and molecules. So what has gone on over the past two decades, we have a whole team of curation scientists that have gone through and read uh, things like manuscripts, clinical trials, different uh, omics data resources. They've read these papers um, and not just scan the abstracts, they actually read the whole paper. And they boil down all of the key takeaway findings using controlled vocabulary to make it very easy to search and store in a database and deposited them them into our uh, Kaizen knowledge base. So this number actually has just increased. We are well over um, 12.3 million research findings now that are available to you guys in seconds all with the click of a button. This is all um, enabling this really high quality Manually curated data that gives us this great causality prediction in IPA. You can always rest assured that this database is kept up to date. We are always incorporating new data on a weekly basis and then uh, doing major updates and usability upgrades on a quarterly basis as well. That being said, if you guys ever come across something that you would like to be curated and included in IPA, please reach out to us. We love taking customer requests. Now, with that, we are going to pop over into uh, Ingenuity Pathway Analysis software, where we will construct a network from scratch. So let me pop over into this uh, software. So just to get us oriented real quick, um, within IPA, sorry about that, within IPA, we have a few different ways to start our journey here. So the first thing that you'll see is we have our quick start screen that pops up. This contains a wealth of information, including walkthroughs and tutorials to get you started with different data types, as well as ways to contact support. So if you ever run into a question, please feel free to reach out to them. They are absolutely fabulous at um, getting back to you and helping you out on your journey. Another place that I want to um, call out is our help menu at the very top here. So once again, you'll be able to find a wealth of information like video tutorials and other tutorials but you'll also see this legend. So this legend is going to pop out a, a web page, a web browser. And this is what I like to call the secret decoder ring of IPA. So everything that you see in these network maps that we're about to create has some sort of meaning behind it. So whether or not that's a different, uh, a different shape that you see, maybe it's an acronym or a different arrowhead or color, All this stuff means something in IPA. So in order to to translate that, definitely feel free to have that legend open um, next to you. Now, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be starting a network from scratch. So I'm going to close out of the quick start screen to give us a nice blank canvas. The first place that we're going to visit is going to be at the top here. So we're going to go and search for our target of interest, which is going to be EGFR. By selecting our genes and chemicals tab, we're going to type EGFR into the search box and click on the search button. So EGFR, click on search. This will give us a whole list of stuff that matches um, that keyword that I just put in here. And it looks like there is one uh, finding for EGFR. So what we're going to do is we're going to drop this one molecule onto a blank canvas to create a uh, pathway. So what we're gonna do is gonna click the little checkbox next to EGFR here, so this little checkbox, and then we're gonna click on this Add to My Pathway button. This will then pop EGFR all by its lonesome onto a new My Pathway uh, canvas. We'll see here, EGFR will be quite lonely looking in the center of the canvas here. Now, part of our journey has been connecting EGFR to lung adenocarcinoma. So let's get that one onto our canvas as well. So we're gonna switch our search from our genes and chemicals over to our diseases and functions. So we're gonna click on that first. And then in the search box, we're gonna put in lung, add no. So one helpful um, tip and trick when you're doing searches in these uh, search boxes in IPA, is search um, using wildcards will definitely help you out. So if you're terrible at spelling like I am, you can take this shortcut by just putting in the first few letters of what you're searching for and then using the asterisk. So now it's gonna look for anything that starts with lung aden. Or if you wanted to just search for stuff that um, just has that lung in it, you can put wildcards on either side of lung. But here we're just gonna search for lung ad with an asterisk and that'll show us all of the different options that we have in IPA for lung um, adenocarcinoma. There's a huge list here of all sorts of different flavors of lung adenocarcinoma, but what I want to call your attention to is over here on the right-hand side. You'll see that there's this is column of associated molecules. Now, the more molecules associated with the um, item that's on the list over here, the more kind of umbrella that term is, the more kind of all encompassing it is. So you can see at the very top here, that lung adenocarcinoma one at the very tip top has 3,238 different associated molecules versus uh, locally recurrent lung adenocarcinoma It's definitely a more kind of cross-section of lung adenocarcinoma because it only has 31 different associated molecules. So for our case, we want to go with a more broad term. So I'm just going to select the lung adenocarcinoma by clicking on the checkbox, and then I'll click on the add to my pathway button. This is going to ask us what uh, pathway do we want to save it into? Do we want to start a blank canvas? Do I want to add it to a saved pathway that I already have stored in IPA? Or do I want to keep working on the one that I'm working on? So I'm going to add it to the one that we've been working on. by clicking on that add to my uh, pathway one, you'll get this pop-up box. So it's going to ask, do you just want to add this lung adenocarcinoma node? Do you want to add all of the associated molecules with it? Or do you want to add both? So more often than not, you're gonna have a ton of molecules associated with your um, specific disease. So it's definitely suggested to just start out with our diseases or functions, and then we can add in molecules in a more orderly fashion than just saying, all right, everybody into the pool and creating a big kind of uh, hairball here. So now that we have both of our uh, suspects on our canvas, we want to connect EGFR over to lung cancer and ask, how does EGFR affect lung cancer or lung adenocarcinoma? Now to do this, we're gonna visit the overlay function, or I'm sorry, the uh, build functionalities in our My Pathway Builder. You'll see that in this uh, toolbox, we'll have a whole bunch of different tools that you can select from. So just really quickly, if you wanted to kind of grow out from some of these nodes, you could choose the grow, If you wanted to just willy-nilly connect things that are showing up on your uh, pathway, you can use Connect, so on and so forth. What we're going to be using today is called Path Explorer. So we're going to go ahead and um, give that a click. When we do, so again, this is going to be in our build toolbox, choosing our Path Explorer from our toolbox. You'll notice that we have these um, two little screens that pop up, or two little areas that pop up here on our um, in our view. So the very first one is going to be our set A. Excuse me, well, I just lost um, connection with my annotation tools. So let me just disconnect that really quick. So what we're gonna be doing is just adding in our molecules to either set A or set B over here on the left-hand side. So for the very first one, we're going to add our EGFR by selecting the node and adding that into set A by clicking on our Add button. So again, clicking on Add right here. Now we can go and add our lung adenocarcinoma into our set B box. So we're going to click on Add right there. So now that we've done that, we've set the stage for us to be able to um, ask the question, how does EGFR affect lung adenocarcinoma here. So to do this, we are going to go and um, select a direction. We're gonna set the direction from set A to set B, but if you had inversely added things into those set boxes, you could always do from set B to set A, or just say, give it to me in any direction here. Well, we're specifically asking how does EGFR affect lung adenocarcinoma, So we will select the set A to set B. Now down below here, there are a whole myriad of different um, filters that you can apply here to maybe hone in on say, only transcription regulators, or maybe only data sources from a very specialized um, data bank, so on and so forth. But to get more information here, you can always visit these question marks um, icons over here. But since we're just kind of starting this from scratch, we're gonna go ahead and click the apply button, which will now um, search for the shortest paths between EGFR and lung adenoparcinoma over here. You'll notice that in this view uh, box right here, we have our shortest paths with a one next to it. And down below we'll have our um, paths kind of listed out. So we have one shortest path between EGFR and lung adenocarcinoma. So to add this into our pathway, we're gonna select it with a checkbox and click on the add to my pathway, much like we've done before. So you'll notice that we now have a dashed line connecting our EGFR to lung adenocarcinoma. When we double click it, you'll get, end up with this relationship summary that shows us that these acronyms C and CO are pertaining to um, causation and correlation where we have over um, 1,813 different um, sources of data that are giving us uh, 73 different findings for causation and 2,510 um, findings for correlative uh, relationships. We'll get that kind of cliff notes view of those relationships here. And if you wanted to actually see all of the references that we are um, including in these relationship findings, you can click on this button right here and it will launch a webpage that lists out not only all of our um, findings, but also links to the PubMed um, IDs for each of these papers. So that can be very handy and um, help you kind of hone in onto things a lot quicker than having to surf surf through uh, PubMed on your own. Now this shortest paths plus one is, you know, it's pretty interesting. however, it's not um, it doesn't really contain a lot of the other kind of intermediate steps between EGFR and lung adenocarcinoma. So to add in those other um, paths, so we call them shortest paths plus one, where we're introducing one hop between EGFR and lung adenocarcinoma. So when we choose this from this view dropdown over here on the right-hand side, you'll notice that we have 546 other relationships that we can add into this network. So here we'll be presented with a huge list, which we can go and select maybe the top uh, 25 or so that are including relationships um, where EGFR is uh, doing something to some sort of intermediate molecule, which then in turn is affecting some sort of an outcome on long adenocarcinoma here. So I'll add 25 of them into our network by just going down the list and selecting the little check boxes and then selecting the add to my pathway button We'll quickly see all of those start populating into our network map here. Now, all of this stuff is movable. So if you go and click and drag things, you can organize this pathway um, however you see fit or you can use this really handy button at the top here, this little starburst looking icon um, in the toolbar is our change layout functionality where we can now go and choose different ways to view this data. One way that scientists love to view this is subcellular. So this will sort all of our molecules into where they live inside the cells, so or are they in the cytoplasm? Are they on the plasma membrane and therefore easily um, targetable with a drug? Or you can um, make this a really pretty looking graph where we just um, sort it circularly and we'll grab and stretch EGFR out over here and our downstream phenotypic outcome, lung adenocarcinoma over here. So there's lots of ways to view this network map here. Now, while we're in IPA, I do wanna give a shout out to um, accessing all of the data that we saw in OmicSoft to begin this uh, webinar. We looked for gene expression amongst you know, TCGA. We then looked at um, Omics data, so on and so forth. So if you want, don't have access to OmicSoft um, software, you can utilize the Chiagen Land Explorer uh, link at the top left-hand corner of your IPA screen here. So this will link out to our Land Explorer where you can once again explore all of the omics data that we saw in omics soft, but in a uh, really user-friendly interface called Land Explorer or you can search for your particular gene or disease here And say I want to look and see what are all the different um, omics data for, say, EGFR. So when we search again using that search box, we can actually click on this link right here, which will open up a web page that will give us a gene view, which not only will give us a whole bunch of information about EGFR itself, but it will give you links out to Land Explorer for all of the different omics data that we have um, available for it. So when you scroll down the page here, you'll notice that there's this little box in the middle here that has all sorts of RNA expression data, microarray, uh, survival, single cell data, and all of these links will bring you out to the um, specific land explorer page for EGFR for those specific samples that you're looking for. So definitely wanted to give a shout out to that. Um, So if you don't have access to OmicSoft, you're not uh, dead in the water, there is access to uh, Land Explorer through IPA. So now that we've made that custom network here, let's go and um, have a look at maybe different cell lines that we could use to explore this at the uh, bench a little bit easier here. So I'm going to flip back over to um, to our uh, Omicsoft, and just excuse me while I um, reset my sharing screen here. Looks like some of my annotations have um, stopped working here. And I know they're so handy for you guys um, to see what I'm clicking around on. So let me just reset that real quick. And we'll pop back over into um, Omicsoft. We now have, like I said, a good idea of what's going on um, from like a mechanism of action standpoint. So now we wanna go and select cell lines to use as a model to um, review how EGFR expression is affected by different uh, treatments. And also maybe we can find some cell lines that we can use as like positive controls or negative controls. So we spent most of our time um, so far in OmicSoft within TCGA. So we're gonna actually flip over to a new land. So this is going to uh, lead us into the cancer cell line encyclopedia. So we're gonna click on our select land button. We're gonna scroll down to our cell line collection uh, area and to our CCLE B38 GC33 land. So again, select land, CCLE B38 GC33. So this is gonna show us all of our cancer cell line um, encyclopedia data here. So this is again, the middle view is just giving us kind of an overview, all of the different samples that are available in here. But the very first one that we want to go after is we wanna look at expression of EGFR within lung cancer samples. So first off, just like we did before, we're gonna visit our search box and we're gonna type EGFR into this uh, box here. And remember, you can always go to that advanced tab if you wanted to enter in more than one gene here. But in this case, to keep it simple, we're just looking for EGFR. So I typed in EGFR and now we're once again landing on our percent altered samples for EGFR across our CCLE samples. So we want to navigate over to the expression data. So we're gonna go over to our select view button once again and we're gonna scroll down to our RNA-seq quantification view. So much like we've already done in the other land, we're gonna do the same thing in CCLE, and we're gonna go ahead and choose our gene FPKM view. When we do this, we'll end up with this expression plot. We're laying out all of the different uh, cell lines that are available in CCLE by disease state on the um, y-axis, and then our gene expression is gonna be laid out across our x-axis right, the higher you go on this, the uh, more expressed it is going to be. Now we want to narrow in onto uh, lung cancer related cell lines. So let's first filter our data um, over here to only look at disease states that are lung cancer. So I'm gonna go and expand out our metadata filters and I'm going to either expand out our disease state Um, metadata filters and choose lung cancer, or you can use that other handy little shortcut by clicking on the filter icon and entering in lung into the search box. But right here, I'm just gonna choose lung cancer now, and this will show us only cell lines that are lung cancer um, related. Now, this view isn't particularly interesting, right? Because we have everything kind of lumped together on one, Uh, plot here and we're colored by different um, histology for these different disease states. So let's go and have um, and reconfigure this to be a little bit more usable of a view by going into our task tab. So what we're gonna do is we are going to click on our task tab. We're gonna visit specified profile columns right here to change how we have things kind of sorted out in this view. So right now we are sorted by disease state, but let's also introduce in another metadata field right here that will split this up into um, a little bit easier to view plot. So here I'm gonna scroll down and I'm actually going to pick out the um, disease state cellosaurus here. So this is going to um, give us kind of an idea of what type of um, lung cancer disease data we're working with. So I'll select that, choose the arrow over button. And then I'm also gonna go back to our metadata field. And I want to specifically call out the different cell line names to make it really easy to um, take this forward and order up or find the correct cell lines that I wanna use here. So I'll also add that in um, to this uh, right-hand side pane we can kick a disease state out this upper level one since it's really not giving us much more information to uh, streamline our view. Once I'm satisfied, I'll just go ahead and click that OK button. And now you'll see that not only are all of our different disease states sorted out on our um, axis over here, but now we have all of our different cell line names uh, listed out to make it really easy to figure out what is what over here. So now we can make um, a really quick kind of determination and say, all right, for lung small cell carcinoma, for instance, these cell lines tend to have a lower gene expression for uh, EGFR versus these guys over here tend to have a higher expression of EGFR. And then we have down here, maybe lung adenocarcinoma. There's this one um, particular cell line, this uh, H650, that has a really low expression for um, EGFR versus some of these other cell lines that have very high expression for EGFR. So this is a really easy way to pick out different models where um, our expression might be high or low for say negative controls, positive controls, or just in general, um, different models that you can study your um, gene of interest in. Another very cool uh, data that is available in CCLE is going to be our gene dependency data. Now I'm gonna flip back over to my slides just to um, speak about our gene dependency um, scores here. So what this is, is it's a, uh, it's a score called a series score. And this is a metric that's used to um, assess the essentiality uh, or dependency of a gene for cell line survival. So these scores are derived from a uh, cell depletion assay and the lower you have on your series score, the more essential that gene is for cell line survival versus um, the higher your series score is, the less essential uh, for cell line survival that gene is. So this is actually due to um, knocking out these genes using uh, CRISPR technology is how these are explored here. So once again, our negative scores, more essential for cell line survival, our positive scores are less essential for cell line survival. So you can use that information to um, better choose your different uh, cell lines here. So let's go over and view that data now in OmicSoft. So once again, we're gonna go up to our Select View uh, button up here, and we're gonna scroll down to the Gene Dependency Screening section and expand that. So again, Select View, Gene Dependency Screening, where we're gonna actually choose this CRISPR Waterfall View to have a look at these gene dependency scores. So Select View, CRISPR Waterfall. Now you'll see this wonderful waterfall of all of our series scores. But the um, thing is, is that our cell lines are labeled with the sample ID, which isn't particularly helpful. I don't know about you, but I have not memorized the cell line sample ID numbers. So let's go and change that to something that's a little bit easier to um, view here. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over to our, Uh, specify our um, access over here. So change labels and we are gonna switch from our sample ID that we have chosen here. So we're gonna select that, kick it out of this box. And we're gonna go and choose our cell line name and bring it into the box and click on this OK button to now have these labeled with something that makes a lot more sense um, than just arbitrary sample IDs here. Now, uh, this is um, something that's kind of new to me. I hadn't used this before in my previous life as a bench scientist. So I'm really interested to find out from you guys, is this something that you would find really useful in, um, as a tool to select your cell lines um, for your different experiments? So if you could use that raise hands button, that would be really wonderful to see how many folks are um, planning on using this gene dependency data to select their cell lines, awesome. It looks like a few of you guys are gonna tap into that. Yeah, it's really interesting data, I think. Now, uh, we did go through, again, a ton of stuff. So we uh, spent some time in IPA, just to recap, building a network from scratch. So we connected EGFR to lung adenocarcinoma by dropping these onto a MyPathway blank canvas. And then using our build functionalities called Path Explorer and setting our um, path to ask the question how does EGFR affect lung adenocarcinoma and what are the intermediate molecules that it might act through by using our uh, Path Explorer here. I also did point out to you guys how to visit uh, Land Explorer if you don't have the availability of um, OmicSoft in your current institution. We then popped back over into OmicSoft, where we had a look at our cell line uh, data. So we went and uh, changed our land over to our CCLE, cell line um, encyclopedia, cancer cell line encyclopedia, where we had a look at just the overall expression of EGFR across lung cancer uh, cell lines. And then we visited this um, really cool CRISPR gene uh, dependency score, the series score, where we investigated and saw that we have a handful of cell lines where it looks like EGFR is very dependent on um, cell line survival versus some of these other guys up here, which don't ha- seem to have uh, much dependency on EGFR for cell line survival. Now, with that, I would love to take another break to maybe take some uh, questions live and see what you guys have um, come up with while I've been chatting.
1: Oh right, thanks, Kristen. So a question came up. Uh, so right now we're looking at uh, Microsoft, software. So uh, you had also highlighted um, the, functionality of Explorer and IPA. Can you just quickly show um, how you can find a gene of interest in Omicsoft so that the attendees can sort of see the differences between uh, Explorer and Omicsoft?
0: Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to utilize that search bar at the top, where we're going to pop our gene of interest into our search box, making sure that we are selected on a gene and chemical uh, search here. So I'll click on search. And now I will wait for my search results to come up. And I'll click on the symbol over here, which is actually a link out to the gene view page. Give that a click. That'll launch a web browser. I double clicked, so I got a little uh, crazy there and launched two of them. But once this loads here, once again, this is the GeneView page. It'll give you lots of information about the gene of interest that you are trying to explore, but it'll also give you a lot of uh, links out to OmicSoft Land Explorer. So these are very helpful when you don't have access to OmicSoft or just wanted to have a quick look-see into things. So for instance, if I wanted to look at the um, RNA sequencing expression level of bar across uh, TCGA, much like we did um, in our Omicsoft, I'm gonna just click on that TCGA link and that will launch Land Explorer in a new uh, browser tab. And it will show us a view very much like what we saw in Omicsoft, just in a uh, kind of web-based search here. So once again, we have all of our tumor types across our Y-axis that are available in TCGA all of these are plotting out our gene expression of EGFR. And we can see once again, here's uh, the squamous cell carcinoma and our adenocarcinoma um, showing that we have higher EGFR expression. So that's a really quick way to just have a quick look to see how stuff is expressed across some of these um, different OMIC lands. Thanks, Kristen.
1: Um, And so, Uh, Another question uh, that came up, uh, since we're kind of short on time, um, is there a way that uh, we can take a look at uh, public data as well? Yeah, absolutely. So another really
0: cool search feature in IPA is the ability to uh, browse different publicly available data sets, as well as look at the core analyses for these data sets. So once again, at the very top, we are going to be changing over our search functionality over to data sets and analyses. Where here, you can just simply type in um, long, we'll just put in long AD with a wildcard search, click on data sets and analyses, click on search, and this will um, go and look at all of the different publicly available data sets that we have deposited into IPA, um, all thanks to our Omicsoft lands uh, repositories here. So you can see the data, all of the metadata that is available, as well as if you double click on the data sets when they do appear, I'm just waiting for the search to uh, complete. You can actually see the core analyses that accompany all of these different um, analyses that have been deposited into IPA here. Maybe I uh, taxed the system here by asking a very broad search here. My uh, internet is not doing so well with this extreme hot weather that we have over here in uh, Massachusetts, but here we go. It's finally here. So when we click on all of these over here, you'll see that we have a bunch of metadata popping up on the uh, right-hand side here. If we double click these or highlight and then click on this open button, that will bring us to the core analysis within IPA for each of these individual um, studies. But when we also scroll through these um, metadata fields, You'll notice that we have this link under comparison ID. This is going to bring you out to Land Explorer as well, where you'll be able to see an actual volcano plot for this comparison in Land Explorer. So I'll give that a click just so you can see what that looks like. So this is the publicly available data. This is actually data coming out of the links database. And it's one of the comparisons here where we have a volcano plot where we can now select maybe some down-regulated genes um, by dragging a box around them and getting more information about them that way.
1: Thanks, Kristen. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and let you continue. But again, if you guys have any questions, please utilize the Q&A box um, and we'll be happy to help um, answer
0: them. Fabulous, thank you so much, Araceli. Okay, so now we have Looked at our target uh, biology. We created a network from scratch to have a look at like mechanism of action type questions. We have selected some cell lines that look potentially interesting to study EGFR in. So now let's go and see if we can um, have a look at uh, some drug response data. So to do this, we're gonna switch over to our um, linked database. So once again, we're going to visit our select view button right here. And or I'm sorry, our select land button right here at the top. And we're going to scroll down through the lands until we find our links database, which is present in the disease land collection here. So select land, disease land collection, and links. When we open this up, the links database once again is it is a repository of a bunch of different cell lines. And you can see these cell lines, um, a few of them listed out over here, all colored by different colors. So all of these cell lines have been treated with different genetic perturbations. So different chemicals or treatments, so on and so forth. They've also treated them with all sorts of different dosages and they also have included different time points. So you can imagine there is a wealth of information in here for us to have a look at. So um, first of all, primarily, we know that um, the type of drugs that target EGFR are in the um, receptor uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitor kind of family or bucket here. So you can see that we have all of our treatments kind of grouped together into similar different treatments with receptor tyrosine kinase inhibitors up here. So let's really narrow in onto EGFR and have a look at these tyrosine kinase receptors here. So what we're going to do, much like we have before, we're going to go and search for our gene of interest. We're going to type EGFR into the search box. You can choose your advanced if you want to search for more than one gene. We're going to hit enter. This is going to go and grab all of the um, expression data that we have in the linked database for EGFR across all sorts of different treatments here. You can see this bubble plot is very bubbly, it looks very soda-like. So let's kind of cut down on the fizz that we see here and really narrow in onto um, the types of cell lines that we are interested in looking at, as well as the different treatment buckets that we want to look at. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over and employ the use of a few filters over here on the left-hand side. So we're gonna go under our uh, case attributes Uh, uh, filters here. So the first one that we're going to go to is we are going to go and use our uh, disease state. So what I did is I just clicked on this little filter icon to bring up this little pop-up window here, where now we can go and choose our uh, lung cell, uh, uh, small non-small cell lung carcinoma here. That's a mouthful to say. So I'm going to select that and click on OK. So now we're filtered just down to those non-small cell lung carcinoma cell lines. I also want to hone in on to just those uh, receptor tyrosine kinase inhibitors. So now I'm going to go and employ another filter here, which is our case treatment group. And I am gonna once again, just click on that little filter icon, which then pops up this handy dandy little window where now we can just simply um, go and start typing in maybe tyrosine into the search box and select our receptor tyrosine kinase inhibitor and click on the OK button. So now we are only looking at treatments that fall into that uh, receptor tyrosine kinase Uh, inhibitor bucket. We are only looking at our non-cell, non-small cell lung cancer uh, cell lines. However, um, I would love to be able to color by uh, different cell line or maybe different dosages or different uh, time points. So to do so, let's go over and visit our task tab once again to change what we see in this view over here. And I am going to uh, narrow in on to our uh, change chart properties down here. So what we're going to do, oh, I'm sorry, change symbol properties, not change chart properties. We're going to go to change symbol properties here by clicking on that, we will have a whole bunch of different ways that we can change this uh, view. But the one that I wanna change here is maybe I want to change uh, the colors to be uh, different cell line names here. So instead of sample source, maybe I will uh, change this to case cell line, or I guess it just switched over to comparison ID. But you can see here when I change it over to case cell line, Um, that will now color these when I switch back over to our legend tab by our two different non smell cell lung um, carcinoma uh, cell lines here. So now we can have a look and drag a box around some of these treatments to get a little bit more minute information about these individual comparisons here. So if you draw again, these boxes around these different data points, you'll notice that down below, we get a whole bunch more information that starts popping up to give us a little bit bit more uh, information about these comparisons, about what the dosages were, about what the time points were, uh, so on and so forth. So you can really hone in on to uh, potential Uh, treatments that are causing big changes in your target gene to then help try to figure out maybe there's a cool combination therapy, maybe there's another treatment that you want to go and pursue, or start kind of the beginnings of generating some sort of uh, signature of response from this transcriptomics data that you're getting from this LYNX database. Okay, so we are now going to switch gears once again, and we are going to visit IPA uh, to round out our time together here. So uh, we developed this really wonderful from scratch uh, network connecting EGFR to long adenocarcinoma. So what we wanna do now is test out some of our hypotheses in silico. What happens when I introduce in a uh, EGFR inhibitor? what happens to this network and what in turn happens to lung adenocarcinoma downstream of all of these molecules. So one of the ways that we can do that is by visiting our overlay uh, toolbox. In that toolbox, there are a whole smattering of very cool overlay tools. I highly suggest you guys have a look at some of these other tools in here. They can be very helpful for your research. But for today, we are gonna go to the map or molecule activity predictor. So go ahead and give that a click. When we do, you'll notice that we are presented um, with a few different options here. So what we're gonna be doing is we are going to be coloring some of the nodes on our network with a red paint bucket and a green paint bucket. What we have over here is our small little prediction legend. And you can see when things are colored in red and green, those are indicating that we either have an increased measurement in our data set or a decreased measurement in our data set, depending on if they're red or green, which then can lead to a predicted activation or inhibition of our downstream molecules or phenotypic outcomes. So for orange, it is a predicted activation. For blue, it's going to be a predicted inhibition. So now let's see what happens when we color EGFR um, red, which is indicating an increased measurement that we see in many cancers. So again, I'm gonna click on our um, little red paint bucket here. I'm gonna drag it over onto the screen here and I'm just gonna click on EGFR to color that node red. You'll see that many of these nodes now are um, predicted to be activated because they are now orange, which then can lend lend itself to um, elicit some sort of effect on the um, lung adenocarcinoma phenotype here. So this isn't triggering a um, increase in lung adenocarcinoma just yet. So you can keep going and um, coloring maybe other nodes in this pathway to see which of these nodes are important for um, lung adenocarcinoma or You can keep filling out your network with even more molecules to really start fleshing this out to see what is indeed important to your pathway and what will um, trigger that increase or decrease of lung adenocarcinoma uh, seen in your your experiments here. So I'm going to add in a bunch more different nodes just to show you guys. The full breadth of what you can do with this software here. So, again, I'm just adding these in from our Path Explorer. I'm going to add in 50 of them. And now, when we clear out the prediction here and just start fresh by using our clear button, we're going to erase all of those um, colors here. We're going to once again choose our red paint bucket where we can go and choose EGFR, click that red to see what lights up in the network. And indeed it's eliciting a downstream effect showing us an increase in lung adenocarcinoma. Now the inverse of that would be to decrease EGFR expression. So this could be um, in silico testing, what would happen if I um, added a uh, EGFR inhibitor into my um, model here? So I'm gonna click on EGFR and color that green indicating a decrease in the measurement of EGFR. And you'll notice that lots of these nodes that are in this network also have been triggered with the predicted inhibition, which then lends itself to be a uh, predicted uh, inhibition of lung adenocarcinoma down the line. So again, this can save you a lot of time and effort um, by triaging what experiments you wanna go after what happens when I manipulate different uh, molecules on this network, right? And but this is all before you even touch a pipette. So again, very, very helpful in um, figuring this stuff out. So I realized we are at pretty much the top of the hour. We have two minutes left. So if you do have to um, leave, I just wanna say thank you very much for your time. We will uh, be sharing this um, this with you. You can watch it on demand to catch up on the rest of the presentation. We will also be sharing a um, link to a survey to give us feedback on how you think we did and maybe give us some uh, helpful hints on what we should include in future presentations, what you liked, what you didn't like. So very much thank you for uh, sticking around with us. And then for the rest of us, I want to spend just a couple more minutes talking about how we can explore publicly available data that have similar, similar biological signals that we see Um, in our custom network here. So to uh, move right along into that, so we can use this really cool tool called Pattern Search. What Pattern Search is going to do is it's gonna ask the question, where else do we see this very same uh, signature of all of the expression of all of these molecules that are laid out in my network? Where else do I see this in publicly available literature? So we can start with this EGFR um, decrease as our kind of uh, baseline to compare against, or you can go and recolor your network or your EGFR with uh, red to signify an increase in EGFR and search against that pattern that we see there. So in this case, let's just look and see where else in publicly available data. Do we see this increased EGFR? some of these activated intermediate molecules that lend itself to this increase of lung adenocarcinoma. So once again, I'm gonna click on that pattern search button right here. That is gonna bring up a uh, volcano plot that doesn't look very volcano-y, but it is a volcano plot. And what it's going to be showing us is how matching or anti-matching our public data to that uh, network that we built and colored using our EGFR expression, high. So this volcano plot right here, again, I did say it's not very volcano-y, it's kind of more bushy, but I digress. So on the right-hand side of this plot that we see here, we have a whole bunch of dots. All of these individual dots are signifying a publicly available data set that is matching in signal to what we, Uh, pattern searched on. So again, we pattern searched on that network that has an increased EGFR expression that led to more uh, activated lung adenocarcinoma. So we can see these data sets by dragging a box around them, just very simply like that. And you'll notice that down below, you'll get a whole bunch more information about what these different analyses are. So in our case, um, all of these matching data sets we'll probably see um, a lot of normal versus disease data sets. Maybe you'll see different clusters from our single cell data, so on and so forth. So you can scroll through here um, and have a look there. If you're really looking to um, pointedly search for different data sets, like for instance, maybe you only wanna see what other diseases versus normal comparisons match your data, You can filter on many of these uh, columns here. So maybe you only want to look for disease versus normal. You can try filtering your comparison uh, type. Maybe you only want to see it in uh, mouse data. You can filter by your project type, so on and so forth. Now the inverse of this would be um, what does the anti-matching situation look like, right? So what would happen if uh, EGFR expression was not increased, but rather decreased? So the anti-matching to our increased network is gonna be over here on the left-hand side of the volcano plot. So all of these individual dots, once again, signify individual data sets where we are matching the opposite signature of what we searched on. So remember, we searched on increased bar. So again, drawing a box around these, it's gonna show us all sorts of different data sets that are anti-matching. Again, you're probably gonna find a lot of uh, different treatments that pop up in um, the search results over here. Um, these could be really interesting potential um. Uh, Combination therapies, maybe other avenues to um, fall down to see um, what might be helpful in treating this type of biology that we see in the EGFR pathway, um, so on and so forth. So again, that pattern search button really gives you a whole wealth of information there um, when searching your custom pathway. So just in um, a quick recap of what we did in this last portion of our webinar here, We went and explored our links database in Omicsoft, where we went and had a look at different uh, tyrosine receptor inhibitors, how they affected EGFR um, expression in specifically lung cancer uh, cell lines here. So we can go and find different treatments that modulate this uh, expression in different ways that we can maybe study at the bench. We then went into IPA and we um, in silico tested some of those hypotheses here by coloring in different nodes on our custom network to elicit different responses throughout the rest of the network to then um, of course end up with some sort of uh, phenotypic outcome for these changes in expression. We then asked the question, where else do we see similar biology out in publicly available data? by clicking on our pattern search button. So this gave us that wonderful little uh, bushy volcano plot that gave us a bunch of matching and anti-matching data sets that we can now explore and ask the question of, all right, what other um, data sets are out there that maybe match similar biology, Um, different cancer types, different cancer indications or disease types that share this EGFR um, elevation uh, type biology that we see in our data set. And then the opposite here would be a bunch of different treatments that might be helpful in returning that EGFR network from that diseased um, elevated state back to to a decreased uh, state, which is a little bit more on the normal side of things here. So um, all in all, we went through a whole bunch of stuff today together. And I hope that you have found most of this to be um, interesting and relevant to your research. So um, just a very quick high level recap. We use Omicsoft and IPA to guide our target uh, selection and uh, exploration and um, different cell line selections. So we looked at things like gene expression, mutation data, gene dependency data. We then uh, constructed a network from scratch where we then went and used to test things out in silico and really understand the mechanisms of action and the biology of our target. We then had a look at actual response data in the LINCS database. And then finally, we asked the question of, where else do we see this biology being recapitulated out in the publicly available data? So with that, I thank you guys so much for sticking with us today and um, giving us your time to explore some of these things a little bit deeper. And I would love to open up the uh, floor to any remaining questions that we
1: have here. Thank you, Kristen, for the wonderful presentation. Um, so, we do have a couple of questions that are coming in. If you guys have any uh, questions, please go ahead and utilize the QA box um, and type those in. So, Kristen, if you go back to your um, activity plot. Um, sure. So, here, one of the questions was oh, can you um, further um, sort of Uh, describe what is the meaning of the anti-matching here in terms of the network that you were looking at?
0: Absolutely, yeah, that's a little bit tricky of a thing to wrap your head around sometimes. So on the um, left-hand side of the screen, I'm just gonna draw a box around a couple data sets over here. So again, all of these little dots are individual data sets that anti-match the um, pattern that we saw in our original um, uh, pathway that that we made. So I'm gonna just kind of drag this out of the way here and revisit the pathway um, that we made here. So what we did is we connected EGFR to lung adenocarcinoma. So when we launched our pattern search, we asked the question of where else do we see elevated EGFR? Where else do we see predicted activation of some of these other molecules? And that, of course, in turn lends itself to increase our lung adenocarcinoma. So, what our um, pattern search is doing is it's asking where else do we see this similar biology happening that we see for our increased uh, EGFR, which lends itself to the increased lung adenocarcinoma? So, when we did that, we get the matching uh, data sets, so that, you know, is rather easy to kind of wrap your head around. So where else do we see exactly what we saw on that pathway um, over here? Versus over here is a little bit more um, difficult to wrap your head around, where it's the anti-matching. So these would be data sets where EGFR is lower expressed um, or um, decreased measurements are seen where most of those other uh, nodes that we saw in the network would probably be in a more inhibited state. So you can imagine when we see this kind of anti-matching, it would be very much like flipping the switch on all of the nodes that we see in the pathway, I'm trying to drag this out of the way here, um, of like, say we just quickly colored it with green. So the anti-matching would be matching towards us decreased EGFR measurement, a lot of these other molecules that are having a predicted inhibition. And that of course uh, lends itself to have this decrease in lung adenocarcinoma. So again, when we searched on that pattern search, we originally started with this um, type of pattern asking, where else do we see increased EGFR and all of these other guys that tend to be um, activated, And um, let me just go back over to my window here. So that uh, opposite effect is just gonna be like flipping the switch and flipping the colors on that network that we see behind the scenes here. So again, that would be situations where maybe we're returning from a disease state back to like a more normal state. So different treatments are gonna be in there. Um, maybe other different um, diseases that kind of have opposite biology of what's going on with EGFR here. So hopefully that um, explains it a little bit better. Um, yeah. So it's a little, little, um, little much to kind of try to figure out and get your brain wrapped around sometimes.
1: Yes. Um, so um, again, some, there's. Just gonna give a couple more seconds for anyone who has any last minute Q&A questions. Um, So
0: there's a question
1: in the chat box. Kristen, are you able to see it?
0: Yep, I can see that. So for contradicting um, findings, we do like to call those out, right? So for instance, we have a contradictory finding here where, um, I'll just pull this out to the side, where when we increase EGFR expression, our knowledge base is saying, when you increase EGFR expression, that in turn will um, lend to a predicted inhibition of ER ERBB3. So that's shown here in the blue, which then should, this um, predicted uh, inhibition should lend itself to, a decrease in lung adenocarcinoma. But we can see that the overall overwhelming signal from all of the rest of the molecules that we have in the network, the, um, the kind of overall positive result is lending itself to be um, an increase in lung adenocarcinoma. So when I deselect on this, you'll notice that this line right here is designated in yellow. So when we look at our little prediction legend over here, this is showing that this one um, specific finding here, so this connection between ERBB3 and lung adenocarcinoma is actually inconsistent with the uh, current state of this downstream molecule. So typically we would want to see ERBB3 increased if it were lending itself to be um, increasing in uh, lung adenocarcinoma. So this is certainly an anomaly here where it's inconsistent with what we thought it should be. However, the overwhelming kind of majority of molecules are pointing towards this lung adenocarcinoma being in an activated state. So it's just calling out that, yeah, this one guy is kind of acting a little bit different, but everybody else is um, contributing to that um, expected state of increased lung adenocarcinoma.
1: Thanks, Kristen. So I've uh, posted today's slides uh, for reference. And again, um, in the slides, you do have the link that allows you to uh, re-register for this webinar so you can uh, look at the recording uh, on demand right after we ended. Um, so I'm just gonna give go like 30 more seconds for anyone that has any uh, last minute questions. And again, uh, thank you everyone for attending and thank you, Kristen, for this wonderful and very uh, educating and uh, training. Of course, thank you guys so much. So it looks like there's no more questions. Oh wait, let me, oh, last question. Okay. I see that um, question. And also
0: never be sorry for questions. We love questions. Um, definitely want to highlight that. So what's the meaning in EGFR, ERBB for lung cancer? EGFR is increased, ERBB 4 increased, but the line between ERBB and lung cancer is not highlighted. Line between ERBB is not highlighted. Yeah, so the, what this is saying is, um, again, EGFR, so our knowledge base, right, is saying, all right, when we see EGFR increased in measurement, the relationship between, um, oh, ERBB4. Thank you, Araceli, for pointing that out. So what this is showing us here is that this this connection between uh, EGFR and ERBB4 over here, we have this line right here, which we can double click on to find out what the relationship between these two molecules um, is. So that is showing us, since this line is um, orange, it's showing us that this increased EGFR is lending to this ERBB4 um, increase as or predicted activation as well through these types of um, relationship findings here. Now you'll see that this dotted or this rather this dashed line is not highlighted here. So if you wanted to find out more about that relationship and why it's not getting um, colored in orange, just simply double click on that um, line. And it'll bring up that relationship summary saying that um, it looks like this ERBB4 is observed with um, lung adenocarcinoma in human lung, but maybe this um, activation path really isn't gonna be lighting that line up here. But yeah, anytime you wanna find out more about why something's colored a certain way, why um, different things are connected or how they're connected, just feel free to double click on that line um, and it will give you again that Cliff Notes version. Or if you wanted to see the full uh, rigmarole of all of the different things that our curation team read through and curated, here is um, the relationship information here, including all of those PubMed um, IDs here. So you can click on those and actually see the papers themselves that we went through and had a a look at. Hopefully that um, answered your question and kind of set you on the right path to um, figure out what all this stuff means, because it is a very powerful um,
1: software. Thanks, Kristen. Um, So it looks like there is uh, no more questions. Uh, So thank you everyone for attending and we look forward to uh, seeing you guys in our future webinars.